What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Eyes on Isles podcast with Matt O'Leary and Mitch Anderson. Hello and welcome to the Eyes on Isles podcast, episode number 123. What's going on? I am Matt O'Leary with Mitch Anderson. Mitch, how are you doing tonight? I am tired. I'm so tired. The Christmas season is so tiring. Going from one house to the next and opening gifts here, people running and doing things and eating and eating and eating. And oh my God, let it end. <laughs> All right, you Grinch, relax. Uh, <laughs> I ate so much food the last few days. I went to the gym on Christmas Eve because I knew I was going to eat like garbage. And then this morning and I was like, okay, I need to work off all of this food because I had so much pie, Mitch, so much pie. Gross. So it's just you and Cristiano Ronaldo working out all day, right? Yeah, I love that tweet from ESPN where it's like, who works out the day after Christmas? I quote tweeted, it was like, I guess you all weren't at uh, Planet Fitness in Carl Place, which is the gym that I usually go to um, this morning because it was uh, wall-to-wall people on the treadmills today, let me tell you. Was it? Good job by you for getting out there and for everyone else getting out there. I did my lazy man and did not. I, well, I don't even go to the gym anyways, but I, did, I didn't even work out. And my, my gym's at home, really. So I didn't even do that. But the, the gravy was in the IV all weekend, baby. Weekend, all last couple of days. Just constant drip line of gravy. It was delicious. And I haven't worked out. So I'm probably gained a few. Okay. I understandable but it's the holiday season we'll give you a pass mitch new year new mitch then you can get back into uh your best tip top shape mm. <laughs> good old hunter raging 155 pounds all wet <laughs> <laughs> so with that mitch do you have an addition for us for 123 i do so uh we go by the number of podcasts post 100 and we find a player who's played that number of games for the islanders and we've dedicated this podcast or i have anyways to joel Oh God, I'm going to screw this up. A Reclix. Reclix. Uh, R-E-C-H-L-I-C-Z. Oh boy. How do you pronounce that? A Reclix? Uh, okay, yeah. Yep, that's how you pronounce it. Sure. <laughs> so him, that is who we're dedicating this to. Uh, we'll get to him uh, just before the social segment, and I'm, I'm going to ask you three questions on him, Matt, because uh, I know you know everything about him because you're an expert. Of, so. of course. I'm ready to oh, go. Man, I, oh, God. I didn't put away my wife's pearls yet. I have, I have her pearl necklace, and we were playing a game with the kids, uh, and I, I <laughs> we were supposed to, uh, what is it, a chasse au trésor. It was a scavenger hunt in the house, and one of the cards said something with that had pearls on it, so I actually pulled out her pearl necklace and uh, just found it in my, my, my shirt pocket, so I got to remember to put that, that sucker back. <laughs> oh, boy, Mitch. <laughs> Off to a hot start, let me tell you. Uh, Oh, boy. Anyways, yeah, let's do this. 
All right, so, so just I can put these pearls away. <laughs> so to give you some context for what happened this past week, the Islanders played three games. They are one, one, and one over that span. The first one was good, a shootout win over the Bruins, a team they haven't beat since Jack Capuano was the head coach. No, that's not a joke. That really was a thing. Um, they won three to two in a shootout. All things considered, a good win for a team they usually struggle against. No. Specifically because of the way they played the previous day game, right? When they played the uh, Nashville Predators at home and got spanked 8-3. So this was a more complete effort. Not not The win was a win. It was great. The fact that it was against Boston even helped. But it, to me, it was the fact that they played a full defensive effort for 60 minutes. That's what I really took away from that game. And they, they did that. And you're going, all right, they got this back on track. They had a bit of a bump in, uh, against Nashville. They, they got themselves back on track against Boston. We're good. And then they go out and play the Ducks, who are garbage, and not somehow great. don't figure that one out. Not great. They would lose 6-5 to five in a shootout. I was actually at the game with a friend, and the whole time we were saying, like, how are they letting up this many goals, or how are they allowing this many goals to the Anaheim Ducks, a team that they struggled. They lost to the Ducks on the road, too, no? Isn't that they who did. ended the streak? That's right. So, a 3 nothing shootout, or shutout, sorry. Yeah, that was uh, not not the best because apparently Anaheim, out of all teams, has the Islanders' uh, number. I like the the Ducks were where were completely decimated with injury and, and illness. Ryan Getzlaff was out. Uh, Patrick Eves wasn't playing. Uh, there's another four players who who weren't in the lineup. Uh, Ryan Kessler wasn't there. They're 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 playing like their AHL outfit, and they were finding opportunities left, right, and center. They they weren't dot like the Islanders were dominant, really. They were maybe not dominant, but they kept control of the puck more than the Anaheim Ducks did. But then whenever the Anaheim Ducks had a sniff, a sniff, just an open shot, boom, it went in. And you're going, what the hell is happening here? What is going on? The same thing with Na- the Nashville game. Just every open look, boom, goal. Yeah, that was really rough. Really rough. Not a fun game. No, specifically also because uh, this is where Barry Trotz decides to break his goalie rotation, right? He rewards uh, Simeon Varlamov for a good string of starts, and and credit to Varlamov, like he had played well up to that point, played well against Boston, deserved to get the back-to-back starts, and then poops a bed. Just hot le garbage. Yeah, not good. We knew that the streak was eventually going to come to an end, but it, it was not a great performance from Varlamov that day. It, it really wasn't. No, which really kind of did not reward Barry Trost for going on a limb for him. Saying, like, listen, you've played well. I'm going to put you out there. I haven't done it all season. I'm going to do it now because I believe in you. And then he goes, hey, Barry. (laughs) Here's five goals in regulation. (laughs) What are you going to do about it, buddy? And then on the 23rd, the day before Christmas Eve, the Islanders would drop one to the Columbus Blue Jackets, three to two. That was a tough one to swallow, too, that loss. Yeah, because again, another team decimated with injury. The like Cam Atkinson, Josh Anderson were are out. That that's two of their they they scored was it sixty three goals combined last year for the Blue Jackets. Probably ridiculous. Um, and they just they didn't they didn't walk all over us. They just again, whenever there was an opportunity, it went in. It was ridiculous how uh, how the Islanders just couldn't find a win on that in either of those two games. And they're they're ahead what twice. Uh, against Columbus, and they were ahead a, a number of times against uh, the Ducks and just couldn't seal they, the deal for somehow. Yeah, they could not hold on for whatever reason. They just couldn't hold on, and that was an ugly one. That was a game that the Islanders probably should have won. Like you mentioned, the last two losses, one coming in a shootout and the other one coming against the Columbus Blue Jackets in regulation, they should beat those two teams. And I know, like, yes, looking at the grand scheme of things, like if you take a step back, I understand the Islanders are in second place in their division, and they're one of the top teams in the Eastern Conference, but those are two games where you, you it's a, on a silver platter to win those games, and they just weren't able to do it. No, they put themselves in winning positions. They were playing well. Barzal was playing well in, in both games, uh, and, and usually that's enough to win, uh, and just couldn't do it. Even the power play wasn't too bad, if I'm not mistaken. They were okay. Yeah, they 
They were okay on the power play. They definitely were. They scored one uh, the game I was at, I can tell you that much. <laughs> Either way, if you want our full thoughts on this, there's a full half-hour podcast on each of these games where we debrief what happened, we talk about the box score, we give you fancy-dancy headlines where you can also participate if you uh, hashtag Mitch's Corner, and we go through our winners and losers of the game over on our Patreon account. So it's patreon.com slash eyesonisles, and for 5 bucks a month you get 82 post-game podcasts. Uh, and specifically these three games and every game forward, going forward. Uh, and then you get stuff in the summer, mailbag, newsletter, everything. You get a whole bunch of stuff. So head on over to patreon.com slash Isles and sign up today. Absolutely. Could not have said it better myself. So now we'll get into our first main topic of the day. It's a lightning rod topic, Mitch. We got to talk about it. Josh Hosang is back and uh, people have opinions on it, Mitch. I've seen so like the, the the gambit or the gambit gambit of opinions ranges from like he's great and I this is this is awesome I I'm really looking forward to seeing what this kid can do to like he's a jerk and a punk and I've seen like more derogatory comments than that and you're going what can we not just get on some sort of even keel here as a franchise as a fan base to be like cool welcome back Josh just that Mitch I've written it hundreds of times now on this website. You either love Josh Hosang or you hate him. There's very few who are in between, down the middle, when it comes to Josh Hosang. Like, I get his his demeanor can be polarizing and, and essentially forces people to take a side, but you don't have to. You can look at it objectively and say, like, specifically now, you're going, well, he's not doing anything, so if, we, if I even hate him, let's say I hate him, what's going to help get rid of him playing? Playing's going to get rid of him because someone's going to see some value there and go like, great, I will, I will trade for him. Sitting at home isn't going to do anything playing the Biosteel camp. Exactly. And that's the thing for me that I think is a positive towards Joshua saying you could start to break down the timeline here and say, is this a good look for the Islanders? Is it a good look for Joshua Sang? First thing that happens is Joshua Sang reaches out to Chris Lamarillo, who is the GM of the Sound Tigers, and asks if he can come back. To me, I think that's a big step he took the initiative and said like hey like i'm ready to come back like can i come back kind of yeah i i don't know how much of that is pr because they they've been in close talks right like they, they have checked in with him uh frequently throughout this whole process uh and he's checked in with them so like i i think it's just they kind of came to an agreement going like we would like you to come back before the roster freeze because if you don't come back before the roster freeze then we can't get you on for a couple of days and then it's just Let's just really work towards getting you back because it, it doesn't make sense to have you sit out there as we head into the new year. Yeah, it, it doesn't. It really doesn't make sense. And I'm, we were saying this for a while now. It shouldn't have went on as long as it did. No, two weeks max, right? To me? Yeah, from and that would have put you in what, October? It still would have been yeah, October. You'd, you'd still have most of the season. You may have missed... Probably not. You probably get the full AHL season if you sit out two weeks, right? Because even then, when when they cut them here, they still go to training camp. I'm not, I'm not sure of the, the exact timeline of when the Bridgeport Sound Tigers training camp starts and begins, or when the preseason even begins. But I would imagine that that there's some overlap there in the Venn diagram of seasons, where like he, there's a sweet spot where you have that that little window of time where you can make these moves happen before the season begins, and that's what should have happened. Um, but then we are stuck here in December, mid-December, for, before anything happens. What the hell is that all about? Yeah, I really don't know, man. I, I don't understand why it, it took that long. But for me, my reaction to him coming back was, okay, it doesn't change that I really don't think anything's going to ever work here, which really sucks. But nonetheless, I, I think it's good for both sides in order for him to come back because, one, I mean— if the Islanders just banished him for the year, and I know it wouldn't been like just the Islanders' decision to banish him, but optics-wise, it's not good if they would would have made him sit out the entire year without moving him or having him play at, at any level. And for Hosang, like he's just diminishing his value the longer he sits. So for me, I think it was a win for both sides for him coming back. It's absolutely a win for both sides for the exact reason you just named. If he plays, it gives him a better shot of leaving and it gives them the Islanders a better shot of getting something in return because by him sitting no one's looking at him saying like well he worked out pretty well at Biosteel camp I'd definitely be willing to part with a B-level prospect or a pick or, or something 
right? No, they'd go like, well, great. He's working out in Toronto. Good job. There's a billion of people like that, that, that work out in Toronto. I don't care if he's a former 28th overall pick. I really don't care. It's not doing anything for me. How many games has he played for you? Great. Right. But if he, like, let's say he goes back and is, I don't know, plays 20 games in the AHL and puts up 18 points. I think someone's going to say, okay, maybe we'll take a flyer on this Joshua Sen guy. Yeah, like his character is out there. Everyone already has their opinion of him. But if he looks productive, someone's going to look at that and say, all right, well, he's still putting up points. And last time I checked, you need to put up points to win. And last time I checked again, we play to win the damn game. So I don't know, like might as well take a shot. If he's changed his mind completely or his opinion or his, his, I don't know, his demeanor, we'll say, then someone's going to look at that and say, I'm getting a net benefit here. This is a net gain for me. I get a player who's... I'm using air quotes here, mature, because I never think he's going to be mature in the NHL sense, uh, which is completely fine. But uh, <clears throat> So he's never going to be that player. But if he can be a productive player with that attitude, like look at P.K. Subban. P.K. Subban's been like that forever. And when he was productive, no one gave, gave a damn because he gave you Norris-level defenseman uh, d- defending. So <laughs> if you can get a guy who's putting up good production, who cares what he says? Who cares how he acts? He's giving you what, he, what you need, and that's a chance to win. Yeah, 100%. And then that's the next thing we could talk about is first what he did in his first game and then the post-game comments after that, which really riled some folks up. But first with the game, he picks up uh, an assist on, and he was playing on the top line, which is, a, uh, I think, a good thing for sure. I'd rather see him with uh, – I think he assisted on Travis St. Denis goal, so he's, yeah. I think, their best center. So Good job by them for putting him out there right up top. Right. Although I guess they didn't really have much depth on the right wing with Simon Holmstrom out, um, but with injury again, like mm-mm. shocked. <laughs> uh, so I guess they had to, but you know they didn't need to. They did it, and it worked out. They has got a point. Game one, perfect. That's a great way to start, right? Like that's exactly what you want from him. If he scored a goal, oh my god, could you imagine people reacting if he scored a goal? That he'd have to shoot the f- the puck first, but uh, nonetheless, <laughs> nonetheless, uh, I was just happy to see him put up a point because that's what to me, that's a typical Josh Hosang game. You know, pick pick up an assist, do something on the power play. You know, skate around with the puck, and it's. I'm just, you're probably not going to be a good team if every single player you have on your roster is Josh Hosang, but you depending on who he's paired with on a line, you could be a very productive player. You still need players to put, you know, pucks in in, in areas. So Josh Ho- Josh Bailey, I should say, has made a career out of that. Yeah, guys got had what eighteen goals one year. That's his highest return. I think I'm giving him a few extra there. Uh eighteen. I think you're right with eighteen. I'll check for you right it's now. Between fifteen and eighteen, I think it might even be sixteen. Uh, either way, uh, he's not a twenty goal scorer. Never was. Never will be. I would imagine. Uh, he's not going to get you thirty. That's for sure. He's a guy who sets people up. That's what he does. Him and Anders Lee, they work. Because of that dynamic, you got a finisher, you got a setup man. That's how it works. That's perfectly fine. Look at Alex Ovechkin and Nicholas Backstrom. Backstrom probably has a few more goals to his name, but still, he's a setup man. He definitely is. It was 18, by the way, in 2017-2018. Okay, it was. Uh, so, it, he's never going to be a, a finisher. I don't think you could, Barry Trotz could bring him in and turn him into Matt Barzell. And by that, I mean turn him into that goal scorer, right? Where he said, like, hey, Josh, we need you to shoot, shoot more. You got it, boss, and then pops in 40. That's never going to be Joshua saying. No, yeah, that's that's not going to be him. But if he's someone who can give a team, like, again, probably not the Islanders, but if he could give you 10 to 15 goals and 30, 40 assists. That's fantastic. That's amazing. Why would no one like that? Why is everyone going like, well, he says some weird things. So maybe I don't want this 50 to 60 point potential. Although, just look at his on-pace stats from the NHL, right? He puts up, what, just under half a point per game? I think it is. Uh, I'll do it for you right now. He's got like 24 NHL games played, and I think he has like 13 points or something like that. Uh, so that'd be over. So I think it's some, no, 40, 46 and 24, I think is what it is. So uh, It's close. So, but the thing is that he's giving you that that level of like Brock Nelson like production. Maybe not quite top six, but just definitely top nine. And everyone's going like, "Well, he says some weird stuff." So who wants that? Uh, twenty four points in fifty three games okay. in his career, so. which is a pace of thirty seven points. 
So not quite Brock Nelson, which is yeah, that's top. That's still top nine. Right. It kind of got derailed with the two points in ten games last year. But if you did his first two years of uh, twenty two in forty three, that is a pace of forty two points. Right. So half a point. Um. But the, then again, like we're, we're, you're saying, the last year was really what kind of screwed his pace stats. But no one had a really good year aside from Brock Nelson last year, stats wise. So true. Th- there's something there. Uh, but I, to me, this is just we've said it a million times, and we're saying it again here. It's there. There's no negative here. There's no negative to bringing him back in, have him play. He looks happy. He sounds confident. Like, did you see the celebration on the goal? He looked genuinely pleased that he set up a goal. Yeah. That's got to be good, right? Someone who's happy. God, we can't have that around. Screw that guy. <laughs> and after the game, we can get into that now. He said, um, they asked him how he felt. He said, Gucci, you can quote that. And then he said something to the effect of... Uh, Scoring goals. Crashing nets and cash and checks. There you go. Crashing nets and cash and checks. He he didn't say he was going to murder anybody. Like, I don't understand the (laughs) the outlash here by so many people. Is it something that most hockey players would say? Of course not. But he he talked like a 23-year-old would talk. He's 23 years old. I I don't know what you want for the. Is he going to be someone he's not and say... Well, we're going to put pucks in deep and going to skate hard and play good defense. No, if that's not who you are, just and and I'm not saying go out there and be like like curse in your post-game interviews and say we're going to beat this team and all that and I'm, you know, I'm the best player blah blah blah, but he said I'm Gucci, which is something that a 23-year-old would say and he tried to have fun and be funny. I I, I don't know. I don't see the big deal here. There is no deal. There's no deal to be made. It's just something that people don't say usually in NHL locker rooms. So everyone's going, <gasps> what? what did he just say? Did he say cash and checks? And then everyone's like seeing the Evander Kane like money to his ear and going, this egotistical jerk trying to steal our money. He's just having fun. Crashing. It's a fun thing to say. Crashing nets and cash and checks. He's not cashing checks. He's being paid like $70,000. I think that's his AHL salary right now, $70,000. He could have probably signed for more. Get a one-way deal, maybe. He probably could have done that. Maybe not. But like he's, he still signed a two-way deal, making seventy k. He's not cashing checks. I made more money than Josh Hosang did last year. All right? So let's chill on the, oh, my God, everyone has to be aghast because he's cashing checks. He's not. And he's getting he one assist, but Lou Lamarillo is going to open the vault and say, Josh, please take your pick on how much millions you want. 12? 13? Let's do that. You had an assist in the AHL, Josh. No, let's chill. He's having a good time. How miserable are are we as a, like a community, as a, a, a populace to be like, screw that guy for having fun? Unbelievable. He, Mitch, he'll just never learn he has a bad attitude and he's, he gets what he deserves. He's so unprofessional, Matt. That's the one that really bugs me. He's so unprofessional. I would never say that at work. Well, of course not, because you're not an entertainer. And if you are, maybe you should say that because you'd probably get more work. That's a great point. It's, right. I, I, I don't know. It's, it's very weird. The whole situation is just very strange. Like I've, see, I've seen it come down to race. And someone else said it as well. Like, find me a, a white player that people treat like this. Okay, right. Let, let's just find out. Uh, what's a white kid who says like random stuff like that? I can't think of one, but I, although I had one earlier, God, it bugs me. It bugs me a bit. Like Alex Ovechkin says weird stuff all the time. He gets a free pass. Uh, like, there, I mean, there's yeah. something to be said about it, and that that's fine. If you're gonna say like, well, maybe it's because of his race. Maybe just people aren't aren't used to it. All right. Fine, I guess that's a terrible argument to make. He's just having fun. He's just having fun. Why can't we just let people have fun? <laughs> we live in a 2019, almost 2020 culture where if someone does something that you disagree with, you have to immediately hate them for it and you can't reconcile why they possibly think what they're doing is okay. So I think that's just the way that we are as a society right now. 
it's so rough because even then, I, I don't disagree. What's disagreeable about what he did, right? Like, like you said, he didn't murder someone. He didn't steal anything. He just said something fun that that's fun when it comes out of your mouth. Crashing nets and cashing checks. And you know what? That's what people who play hockey say. What'd you do today? Crashing nets, cashing checks. Awesome. That's what people say. He people probably, say that all the time. Yeah, he probably wasn't even, like, it probably just, like, came out. I don't think he was thinking. He was just, ta- again, I've said it a million times. I said on the website. I'm going to say it on the podcast. He was talking like how a normal 23-year-old would talk to their friends, which if you, like, as someone who consumes NHL content, you should want more people like that. You shouldn't want the generic answers. You should want, like, oh, wow, that guy showed me, like, how he really acts and how, how he thinks. Because, okay, I'm going to go, I'm going to get a little nerdy for a second. So I Do work. It. I work in radio, and the best radio host, you you could say the best, let's say best sports talk, whoever you like, they might, there's definitely going to be someone out there who knows more about sports than you. But if you can connect with your audience, that's all that matters. Josh Hosang is the entertainment value who maybe, yeah, he doesn't know about as much sports, but you want to tune in every day to hear what he has to say. And that's fun. That's exciting. Those guys make a difference, and that's why he's such a polarizing figure. Yep, I, I'm all for it. Obviously, a lot of people are. A lot of people aren't. Um, but I think, like you started the, when you started out the segment, it's good for both sides because there's only positives here. They get a val- They get something out of him for well, he's playing, and they could turn that into trade value. He can also get that. He can get his trade out of here at some point. It's just, it's positive for both sides. Please, let's just stop hating on it. If you don't like what he says, fine. Just don't say anything, right? Just let it go. What's it giving you to be like, ah, screw that guy? No one likes you. No one likes when you say that. Just leave him alone. I'm I'm right there with you, Mitch. Anything else on Josh saying before we move along here? No, let's just move along. Let's keep going. All right, Mitch. So when we get back, we're going to talk about another player who recently made their return. All right, welcome back to the Eyes on Isles podcast. I'm Matt O'Leary. He's Mitch Anderson. We're talking New York Islanders hockey and returning players and someone who made their return recently, Andrew Ladd, Mitch. Remember him? Laddie Daddy is back. Andrew Ladd returns, and he played in his first NHL game, was playing in the AHL after getting healthy, after he suffered, I think it was two torn ACLs last year, so it took him a while to uh, recover, and... Look, we know that he is never going to live up to his contract, but what we wanted to do was talk a little bit about what he did. So he played 9.53 of ice time, not a ton of ice time, obviously. Didn't pick up any points, but picked up five hits, and he definitely played a more physical role for the Islanders on their third line, which to me, I think that makes the most sense for where he's going to play. No? On the third line, absolutely. I, I don't think he should be playing such a physical game because not that I think he's brittle, but he's obviously shown that he's got uh, some injuries that can, can pop out, which makes sense. The kid, the kid, the kid, my God, he's my age. He's 34, I believe. So like he's going to he's gonna get some injuries. Yeah, 1985, he's 34 years old. He just turned 34. So <laughs> there you go. Um He's going to get injured again. Again, he's 34 years old. And if he plays a more physical style, that's going to manifest itself more like quicker uh, than, than, than it would otherwise. But I think it's just him getting his, his legs under him, right? Just getting used to the, if he can live up to the physicality at NHL, you know he can play, right? Because if you can keep up with that and if you can deal with the physicality, then the other things will come. But- Specifically for someone who's got some skills. Right. I just think that's where his role is going. Like, obviously, when he was originally brought in here, the idea was he was going to be a top line left wing. That (laughs) went out the door within about 12 games. Yep. Then it was like, okay, maybe he plays on the second line because he still put up, I think, 23 goals that first year. I mean, and then last year with the injuries and stuff like that, at this point, you're hoping for a third line player. And to me personally, I think he is a better option on that third line than a Michael Dal Cole or a Leo Komarov, just because I think he gives you a little bit more upside offensively, but he could still kill penalties and still, you know, play the defensive side of things as well. Yeah, absolutely. He gives you more than the other guys can can give you, right? Like the other guys, like sure, Leo Komarov can probably kill uh, can 
not probably, he can kill a penalty. Uh, so he's got that. But he's not going to give you production anymore. He's not going to be that 30, 40-point player he was in Toronto. He's just not going to do that. Andrew Ladd has that potential to give you 20 goals. He really does. Um, <clears throat> can he kill a penalty as well as Leo Komarov? Probably not. Could he kill a penalty? Sure. Can Michael Del Cole do any of those things? No. 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 He, and no. No, he's not a special teams player. He's an existing space player. He kind of just takes up a roster spot. He takes and, up a spot. Like, he plays all right. Like, he has good showings here and there. Like, uh, just before missing out with injury, he had that one really good period, uh, which is rekindle. Everyone's kind of like, wow, he's a fine player. Uh, is he, though? Is he? What is he giving you? One goal in the last 10 games? Great. Outside, well, he checks well. Does he really, though? Does he? Just because he hits someone doesn't mean he's checking well. That just means he hits someone. I could do that. I'm not hitting well, but I still hit the person. He had, like, one period where he, all year where he stuck out and was like, okay, like, this, yes, he looks like a a really effective, like, a Casey Sezekis level effective bottom six player. Other than that, he's just another guy. He's a jag. Just another guy. Yeah, absolutely. Just another guy that they could move because they've now brought in a guy who they're paying five and a half million dollars for the next, I don't know, four years, three years, three, I think. Three, yeah. And this isn't a justification on his cap hit or contract or anything like this. We on the, He's here. There is nothing we could do about it at this moment. If you are just looking at all the guys on the roster and saying, okay, this is what it is, cap hits aside, all that nonsense aside, what is the best lineup possible? And it's with Andrew Ladd on the third line. It, it really is, right? So your first line is Lee, Barzell, uh, Everly right, at the moment. That, that's working phenomenally. Good. We then have line three, Bo, Brock, and Bailey, Broussard maybe even. Line two. Line two. Line three, but then you go, okay, well, we've taken out those guys. Now who do we have left on the roster here? Assuming everyone's healthy, we're going down the list here. I, I, I'm just looking at cap-friendly because I like the way they lay it out. So it's cap-hit-oriented. Just the names are in cap-hit uh, order. Lad, these are guys we haven't named. Lad, Sezikis, Komarov, Martin, Johnston, Kunhakel, Dal Cole. Fill out your bottom six with those names. I'd probably go. Uh, so lad, lad, definitely right. Like you look at those names and you're going, okay, lad, great. Sezikis, that's line four already. We already yep. know that. Uh, then so then you're left with Komarov, Johnston, Kunhakel, Del Cole. Oof. Yeah, Tommy K is going on the right, right? Yeah, you gotta probably, you gotta put him on the right side. But do you put him on the right side of line four? Right, because Cal Clutterbuck is out, right? That name is there. And Broussard. Well, I put Broussard on line two. I really like Broussard with Nelson and Bo. So then okay. you got Bailey left on line three. Okay. But you, who's your center? Bailey, who's well, your Bailey's, center? Bailey's been playing center. That's true. So you got Ladd, Bailey, uh, and who on the right? I'd, I personally would go Kunakal and then put Komarov on the fourth line. Yeah, okay. That's fair. But we've talked ourselves quite easily into Ladd. The debate wasn't about Ladd anymore. Our debate was where do we slot in Kunakal and Komarov? Or who's going to be our line three center? It, it was like a fait accompli that Ladd goes on line three left wing. Yeah, I, I think so. And again, he's not going to give you any production where you're satisfied with the five and a half million dollar cap hit. But if he God, gives- could you wait, could you imagine if he does just guys, I'm going to score 50. All right, I'm going to do it. Imagine he does. Oh, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, I can't even picture it. Not even in my <laughs> wildest fantasies, Mitch. He'd have to grow the beard back. I, I think. think. The beard has all the powers, but nonetheless, uh, let's say, I don't know, how many games did he miss? 30? So let's say he plays 50 games this year. Nah, maybe okay. less. We'll say 40. Let's say 40 okay. games. And sure. he gives the Islanders 20 points in those 40 games. Then you could say, oh, okay, that's not a bad third-line player. You think he gives us 20 points, a half-point game? God, a half-point per game pace? That was hard for me to say. Well, you were just That's giving him 50 goals, Mitch. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, but over a full season at least. <laughs> okay, 
<laughs> and that's that's like the hyper uh, hyper uh, like just out of the blue everything goes right unicorns and lollipops and rainbows all over the place and then andrew lad magically like a sturgeon comes by and, and kisses him and that that guarantees him all the powers in the world uh if you don't know the sturgeon thing look at his foundation um but if we're talking about 20 points in 40 games i i, I would love it that sounds great obviously no one's gonna say no but i just don't see it happening man but that's, that's still more than you would think Michael Dal Cole is going to do, which is the ultimate point that we're trying to prove. Not that Michael Dal Cole is terrible, but that anyone other than Ladd is going to get you less production. Yes, yes. That's the, ultimately the point we're trying to make. Right, and if the argument came down to Ladd versus Dal Cole, which that's probably a realistic debate for yep. who's going in on that line, it's Ladd every time. It unfortunately is. That's where the Islanders are at right now. And you're right. He's not going anywhere. He's got a modified no trade. He's lockout proof, buyout proof, 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 100 proof probably. Uh, Just he's not going anywhere. So we have to find a way to do something with him. And this is probably the best case scenario. Well, with where we're at right now. Yes, with everything that's happened over the last four years. Yes, this is the this is the best case scenario for Andrew Ladd. So, okay, if how about this? Yeah, prediction. How many games does Ladd play, and what is his production this year? I'm going to say 40 games and 15 points. Okay, uh, I'm going to say he plays 30 games. I think he's going to play less, and I think he's going to give the Islanders uh, 12 points in those 30 games. Okay, that's fair. Like, Michael Del Cole has what this year? And I, I know we, we only put it to Michael Del Cole, um, but it's just the easier name to go because he's played more frequently. He's got, what, four points this year, in I think? Four goals, two assists? In 27. In tw- <laughs> so let's say that that 40, we're at the 30-game mark already. He's got us four, and we're thinking Del Cole's, or uh, Lad's going to give us three times that amount. So... Uh, if Remember we were doing the Josh Hosang pace before over his career? Yeah. All right. So in three years, in 59 games, um, Michael Del Cole has 11 points. So that is a pace of 15 points over an 82 game season. That really makes me sad. It, it really does. I, I want so much. I want this to work out so bad for him because it's just it seems like such a waste for, for him too. like you come into the league. You're drafted fifth overall. Sky's the limits, buddy. You are fifth overall. It's not first, it's not second, but you're really not that far away. And then the second he goes pro, it comes crashing down like the meteorite hitting Earth at full speed, just full Robbie Shrimp. Like He's going to be out in the KHL in a year's time, is he not, at this rate? I would think so, right? That makes me sad. That really does, because there is so much potential there, and there probably still is, it's just maybe... This just isn't his level, which sucks. That really sucks. Even not even just for an Islanders perspective on a human level. Gus, I'm reaching out to you, buddy. I feel sad. I really do. I hope this works out, but I did. I there's no reason it will. There's no reason. It's God. Uh, uh, Aaron Rodgers. Hail Mary. That's how far it's going to take. That's how far I'm stretching. As long as Aaron Rodgers can throw it, that's how far I'm stretching, hoping that this works. I'm proud of the football reference for that. That that really Thanks. had me perk up. That was good. <laughs> um, I don't want to hate Michael Del Cole. I don't. I want him to prove me wrong. He hasn't though. No. Over the last three years, when I think because now I think it's three years ago, and I said that okay, Michael Del Cole's a bust. He has done nothing to change my mind on that. You're right. And, and so, like, I know, again, we're focusing on Dal Cole, but when you look at those options that we talked about in that third line, again, we'll list, list them off. Leo Komarov, Ross Johnston, Tom Kunakel, Michael Dal Cole, and Andrew Ladd. Which one's the more disappointing one? Like, yes, Andrew Ladd is not living up to $5.5 million. That's not his fault. That's Garth Snow going like, hey, Andrew, I'll give you 5.5. What idiot's going to say, like, Garth, you know what? I'm really not going to be worth that much money. I'm not really confident in my, in my knees or my ACLs. You know, I'm getting up there, buddy. Like, maybe that's not going to be the best. Let's bring that down a bit. If his cap hit is three, we're laughing. It's, well, I mean, not laughing, but it's not as bad. But with Dal Cole, you have that, that kind of that, that, that panache, that, that flair of being drafted fifth overall and then it just failing miserably. 
That's why we look at him. We go like, there's there's so much more weight to what he does or doesn't do because of that promise. It just it just is. It's unfortunate, but that's what it is. And you look at those other guys; they don't have it. Tom Kunakel, Ross Johnson, Leo Komarov. They're not fifth overalls. We know what they're here to do, and they're doing it. Dal Cole. We don't even know what they he's have- here to do. It's just kind of like <laughs> let's figure it out. You took the words out of my mouth. I was going to say the other guys; they have a role. Ross Johnston. We know he's like he's the Matt Martin type. He's going to bash a million people. And stuff like that. We we know what he is. Michael Dalcol, you have no clue. Andrew Ladd and Leo Komarov, like him or not, they're the veteran presence guys, the guys who've been there, done that. Same with Tom Kunakel. They have their role. Dalcol doesn't. He doesn't. And as a top five pick, that's scary. I know that I, he's never going to live up to the top five and adjust your expectations, but he's even underachieving in the minimal expectations that we have for him. Yeah, it's, it's not rough. And uh, we, we turned this Lad segment into the Michael Dalcole segment, but that's really what we're trying to get through here is that Lad makes sense on the roster because the other players that are there just don't, which is unfortunate. Absolutely. Want to transition and get into a little defense conversation, Mitch? <laughs> Let's make it defensive. We're going to make it defensive. So uh, for whatever reason, the Islanders just have decided that they're going to let in a ton of goals recently, and I'm not quite sure why. Man, it, it looks rough out there. Excuse me, I'm burping. I don't know why I'm drinking water here. I guess liquids make me burpy. Excuse me. Uh, I have three glasses here. Look at this this nonsense. I know this is an audio, but like, look, look at all these glasses. It. I feel like I'm the girl from Signs. Have you seen that movie? No, I haven't. What? Come when on, man. When did it come man. out? Like 1989? No, it didn't. It's a, God, it's an M. Night Shyamalan. Oh, God, I can't pronounce his last name. Um... M. Night Shyamalan, there it is, a movie uh, with Mel Gibson uh, before he went all crazy uh, and Joaquin Phoenix. Anyways, it's an alien movie. I love alien movies, uh, specifically the creepy alien movies, and this is one of them. And she leaves glasses of water everywhere because she she doesn't want to finish them because they get dusty. Anyways, that's how I feel like. It's a big tangent to say I have a lot of water on my desk. Appreciate that. Uh, Where are we going? Oh, yeah, defense. So over the last four games, they have allowed eight. To 16, 19 goals in four games, which is, let's do some quick math. 19 divided by four is an average of 4.75 goals per game. Sorry, did, did you just vomit? Because I certainly did. Yeah, that is very anti-Islanders. Barry Trotz has to be ripping whatever face he's got, or face, whatever <laughs> hair, I wanted to say facial hair, whatever hair he's got left, because he used, the only hair he used to have was on his face with that goatee, but Lou won't let him have one. Uh, so he's got to be ripping the little nubs of hair he's got left on the top of his head. Bless Because they can't, thank you, uh, they can't do nothing. I don't know what's happening, but even, like, the, the gap control is off. Um, the positioning is nowhere to where they should be. Like, how many times has Nick Letty been ghosted? Like, against Columbus, at least twice, where a guy's behind him and he loses track of him. Because he's looking, he's, he's guarding the far post, and he's just standing stationary instead of following his man or trying to box his man out. He's just standing there and letting the man do the movement. Well, guess what? Man's going to get you to go one side and then come at the other, and then boom, pokes a goal, a, a goal home. That's how it works. And he just couldn't comprehend that for some ridiculous reason. I, I don't understand what happened. It just like seems they like forgot... Well, like Barry said in, in, in the post game after the, uh, I think it was the Anaheim game, where there's just some guys who think that they're smarter than everyone else, and that's what gets them in trouble. Yeah, that's, uh, I, 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 could, I could see that. I could definitely see that happening. And to me, it just seems like a lapse in the structure, like you were saying. So I think that this kind of happened, that if it's going to happen at any point during the year, it happened at the perfect time because now they have an extended break where you don't have they go four games without playing or four days rather without playing a game so you come back you regroup in chicago and and try and figure it out there against a team that's decimated with injuries and isn't very good to begin with absolutely well what's the first thing you do so if you're a a team coming back from a four-day break what's the first thing what's the first what you should focus on coming back fundamentals exactly thank you Absolutely. Let's get back to basics and let's do that. Let's build from the basics. And that's what Barry's going to preach the second they, they get, get to the ice. And if they do the fundamentals well, they do the basics right, they will destroy 
Chicago. Well, I shouldn't say destroy. They'll never destroy anyone, uh, but they will have a solid game at least. They'll play a full 60. Chicago will barely get anything going. Patrick Kane won't get on the board. If he's still healthy, who knows at this point. Uh, it'll just be a, a really solid outing from the Islanders who pick up uh, should pick up a regulation win. Assuming they get back to the basics and it's nothing more than just guys trying to get clever with the system, right? Like guys getting too complacent. Right, like, oh, I, I know where I'm supposed to be. Well, what if I tried something different? No, just stick to it. There's nothing different. Just stick to that. Yeah, that's the thing for me. I think it's more guys wandering off from where they are supposed to be or not being in the right spots rather than it be like, okay, yeah, something's wrong with Barry Trotz's system. Yeah, I, I really have a hard time feeling this is a systemic issue. I think it's just like you said, it's guys within the system not performing up to the system's requirements because they're trying to find shortcuts or they're find, trying to find do that. They're trying to do something else. The referendum is already in on, on Barry Trot's system. It works. So long as you stick to it, right? Like we keep hearing they're fully bought in. They're fully bought in. Uh, it's not to say that they're not bought in anymore. It's that the buy-in uh, is kind of getting old. And so they're trying to do something else. They're trying to... I don't know, rely on old tendencies to fill gaps. Uh, and, and it's just not working because the second you veer off the plan, at least even, um, what's the word I'm looking for here? Marginally. Even if you divert from the plan on a marginal basis, they're still going to give up a lot of opportunities. And that's catastrophic. Yeah, they can't afford to do that because in the Barry Trot system, you're not built to put up a ton of goals. So if you're allowing, you know, three or more goals or close to five what you've averaged over the last four games, you're not going to win very many games. No, you will in fact lose a lot. There are very few NHL teams who can sustain 4.75 goals against per game and come out ahead. And the only one I can think of is like the, what is it, Tampa Bay Lightning from last year. That's the only team I could think who could, we could score five no problem. We dare you to score five. That's the only team I could think of. Other than that, like forget it. No one else is doing it. Yeah, it just doesn't work, and the Islanders are at their best when they're playing a defensive mindset. So when they come back from their break, I fully expect them to be focusing on that defensive game, and whatever the under is going to be on Friday, I would say bet that. Yeah, because we've seen it. Like, they can do it. We saw them do it against, um, God, why was I going to say Buffalo? Buffalo? Boston. They did it against Boston. Is it just a caliber of, of, of opposition that's the problem here. They just don't, quote-unquote, get up for teams that are out of the playoffs. Because, like, look at the three teams they lost to, right? Nashville, barely in a play, barely outside of a playoff position, doing better, but still on, on the outside looking in. Uh, Anaheim, they're done. It's done already. Yeah. They're not math, math, mathematically out, but they're scraping the bottom of the NHL at this point. If it wasn't for Detroit just, like, literally pooping on ice, <laughs> Anaheim would be at the bottom. And then you have Columbus, who, who again are playing better, but a, a team decimated with injuries and lost all of their quality in free agency. Maybe not all of their quality, ninety percent of the quality in free agency. They're they're a team that's trying to retool for sure. Uh, they lost against all of those teams, but Boston, oh, best defensive effort in a long time. What's the difference aside from the standings? I don't have a good answer for you, Mitch. I really don't. And that's a thing. Like teams definitely get up for the big games, right? And Boston was a big game. Do you want? You see Anaheim coming into town. You're like, screw those guys, the Disney franchise, whatever. Like I'm sure that's not the mindset that the players actually had. But it doesn't get you up like a Boston game when you travel to Boston, a team you haven't beaten forever. It just doesn't have that same oomph. And if that's the you know what they needed right now, that's not good. So you're right from their very first point. This break came at the best possible time. It did. And I really I fully expect them to get this thing straightened out. I don't expect this four game rough stretch to turn into like ten games or anything like that. Right. If the line for the under is no lower than negative one fifty, I will bet the under again for the Islanders. The Islanders game against Chicago. Okay. I, I'm gonna be in on that too tomorrow. I'll do a, I'll post a screenshot of, of the bet and everything. Same. Okay. Perfect. Hope to God Robin Leonard pitches a good game at least. Just to keep <laughs> it the you know, the low. That'd be nice. <laughs> Absolutely. So with that, Mitch, you ready to get into the quiz segment? Yeah, let's do it. 
as you all know, it's the Joel. Oh God, Ricklicks, Ricklicks, Ricklicks edition of the Eyes on oh Isles podcast, episode one twenty three. Joel played 23 games for the New York Islanders, and because of that, we've dedicated this podcast to him. Uh, so, Matt, what I'm going to do is we're not just going to dedicate it and give it to give, just say it's Joel's podcast and move on. We're going to ask you a few questions about Joel. Are you ready? I am born ready. Let's do it. Okay. So, Joel Recklicks. I hope I really pronounced that name right. Anyways, what position did he play? Center. That is incorrect. He played on the right wing. <sighs> Sorry, buddy. Boo. All right. Next question, number two. How did we, we being the Islanders, acquire Joel? I usually say draft, and it's wrong, so I'm going to say trade. Incorrect. We signed him as a free agent. We gave him his ELC, entry-level contract, so he was undrafted. Okay. Sorry, buddy. Last one. We know he played 23 games for the Islanders. We know he was a right wing. How many points did he score in those 23 games? I'll go with four. One. One point. (laughs) That's it. He had one assist in the 2008-2009 season. So he played 17 games in 08-09 and played six games in 9-10 for the Islanders. Uh, Put up one point in those 23 games. And had a, well, let me do some quick math here, like 90-some-odd penalty minutes. Wow. Yeah, 68 penalty minutes in 17 games, and then 27 penalty minutes in six games. My man was a Matt Martin-like player. Okay. I did not remember him. Nor do I. But that's Joel Recklix. R-E-C-H-L-I-C-Z. Right shot, born out of Brookfield, Wisconsin, I'm going to say. 6'4", 220, big kid, big kid. Played in the queue for the uh, Gatineau Olympics in the Shikudami Saga, Saguenay. Anyways, I uh, played 55 games in 06, 07. Do you want to guess how many pedal minutes he had? 55 games. 110. Good goal. Uh, 159, though. Whoa, 159? <laughs> My man lived in the penalty box. Jeez, that's a so, ton of time. That's a lot of time in the penalty box. It was the second home. Crazy. Absolutely crazy. So when we come back, we're going to get into the social segment and what's trending on Isles Twitter. Welcome back to the Eyes on Isles podcast. Matt O'Leary alongside Mitch Anderson. Mitch, what do you got for the social segment this week? So I've got a few tweets. I've got one, two, three, four, five, six. I've got six tweets. I have not been on 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 uh, the Reddit or well, Reddit or uh, Instagram very much, just strictly uh, Twitter. Anyways, as you know, it's been Christmas has passed, right? Yes. Um, what did you get for Christmas, Matt? Uh, my favorite gift. This is yep. so lame, but it's it's you're gonna appreciate it because of what we're in the content business. I got a five terabyte external hard drive. Whoa, that is a big boy. I am very excited to put that to use. Cloud based, not cloud based. Well, sorry, not cloud based. But can you like transfer things through a cloud into it? Mm-hmm. Wow, that's handy. That's handy. I, I understand people say like, well, it's hackable. I just like the idea of not having to plug in that stupid USB drive every time. Oh, I am very excited for this thing. That's good, man. Oh, oof, that's good job by you. Um, <clears throat> mine is a uh, autographed Mike Bossy jersey. Oh, okay. Whoa, that, mm. that's a big one. That's, that's a huge. Big flex from my brother and, and my parents. Uh, yeah, they picked up. My brother's into autographed jerseys. He's got. A, like a hell of a, he's got Mario Lemieux, Wayne Gretzky, Bobby Orr. He's got he's got them all. Jean Bedivo. He's got a whole ton of, of autographed jerseys. He's into that kind of thing, and so he stumbled upon a, a Mike Bossy one. <clears throat> so, I think that John Tavares is going to have to come down off the wall for the boss. Yeah, I think that's a fair swap. <laughs> I could take down Guy Lafleur and have two Islanders jerseys, but it just feels bad to have Mike Bossy next to John Tavares. Like it's just not the same. It's just not. No, it's definitely not the same, but I mean, kudos to your brother. That's a great gift. So with that in mind, I want, I also got, my wife got me this, uh, I like listening to music everywhere, including, I wanted to make sure I, I, cause I know she's listening. So I want her to know that I really appreciate this gift. Um, it's a speaker, like a Bluetooth speaker, but you can have it in the shower. It's waterproof. 
Oh, okay. Because back when I was a kid, I don't know about you, but I always brought the boombox into the bathroom and like blare a CD in there while I'm taking a shower. I couldn't do that for the longest time. Now I can. It's great. Yeah, see, I used to, <laughs> the amount of phones I ruined from listening to music in the shower is crazy. I Like, I've ruined at least probably two or three NV3s. Right? I didn't want to have to do that, so she got me this Bluetooth waterproof, dustproof as well. I don't know why dustproof is important. Uh, speaker, and it's fantastic. I've been loving it. Anyways. So with that, with that in mind, what I wanted to do is go on, on Twitter and see what are other people getting. Ooh, okay. What are people on Twitter getting for Christmas? Uh, so the first one I have here is, is Krista Byte, who says her mother-in-law knows me well. So it's at Krista Byte, B-Y-T-E. And she got a mug and an Islanders throw blanket. These are all Islanders related, obviously. Of course. That, that I mean, that's very effective gift. And sorry, when I mean mug, I mean like sealable coffee mug, right? Like Contico type thing. So you can have your drink on the go? On the go and it'll stay warm, stay cold, whatever it is. Fantastic. Mother-in-law points uh, right there. Mother-in-law knows what's up. Uh, next is, sorry, I have six of these. I want to go through them pretty quick here. Uh, it goes, so this is at Jeff Islanders 27. My Isles onesie came in today. It's very comfy. I have the same onesie, Jeff. Not only is it comfy, it is warm. It is very warm. Yes, you wore that to uh, the John Tavares tailgate last year, no? I did. And what helped is I, I was in nets. I put on all that goalie gear and I got up a sweat. Uh, and so that sealed it all in. I stayed warm in the t- for the tailgate for hours just wearing that in a sweater. I, I thought I was going to be freezing because I'm usually pretty cold, uh, but it kept me warm. Like, really. It did a really good job. And it looks nice, too. Yeah, so if you can, get that onesie. I forget who made it, but uh, I, could, I could put it up somewhere if someone's interested. But it's a fantastic onesie. Absolutely fantastic. Uh, next is here. I'll do two more. Because this might not be the funnest. Uh, at J Anint, oh God. At J Nightingale, I was going to say Ninja73 <laughs> says, Merry Christmas to me. And he got a Yes Man Outfitters um, sweater. Love it. The blue Long Island sweater. I got to get me one of those. I'm so lazy and I don't want to have to pay for shipping because I'm cheap. <laughs> so I'm going to have to hit up Devin and, and, and get one. So when I, I show up in March, that he's got one ready for me. Yes, big fan of Devin and what he's doing over at Yes Men. So. Awesome Is it a, f- a fail on my part if I wear a Long Island hockey, even though I'm not from Long Island? No, 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 not at all. Okay. Because you're, oh. you support Long Island hockey. Oh, yeah, good. All right, I want to look like some like poser being like, you're not really from there. Like, no, but I support it. Mm. No, 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 I think you're good. Okay, good. Perfect. So, Devin, you got an order from Canada coming up. Uh, last one here. This one is from at Brit Burke 99 who says, officially out, uh, sorry, her boyfriend officially outdid himself this year. Spoiled me so much with Isle stuff. She got a hat. Uh, what is this here? The Pucks and Paws calendar, a toque, some bag here. I think it's a replica ring. And then a Matthew Barzell autographed puck. Oh, my God. And then she says, only a true boyfriend will understand one's love for Barzy. Um, Brit, you got to Beyonce him. If that's what he's going to do, you got to put a <laughs> ring on that. Like uh, Lindsey Vaughn to P.K. Subban. It's good call. Yes, absolutely. It's a little untraditional, but you know what? This seems like an untraditional relationship where he's buying you things from your love interest, I guess. Maybe not love interest, but a guy that you fancy, at least from afar. I mean, come on. It's Matt Barzell. How could you not? That The, the, the Isles blog tweet where he like throws his hair back? My God, Matthew Barzell. Can you just like turn it down a bit? I know. He's making the rest of us look bad. We, they, yeah. There's no competing with that. No, there, I don't have none. enough hair to do that kind of stuff here. Like, I can't do that. No, <laughs> definitely not. Uh, that that was a good one, Mitch. Thanks. I, I have one more, but I want to save it to her after you have a turn. Okay. I'll jump in on this, and uh, I want to talk about uh friend of the show, Anthony Beauvillier, <laughs> shooting his shot last night on Christmas, no less, goes on Twitter and tweets at Anna Kendrick and goes, hi, at Anna Kendrick. Love the move. Absolutely love it. If I had to guess, now I don't know, this is pure speculation, I would think that he had... A, f- a few adult beverages and maybe got it, wanted to get in on the action or to just, I, I don't know what the story is, but I, I think there's maybe alcohol involved or some sort of family member saying that he should do it, stuff like that. Uh, so not only did Anthony Beauvillier do that, Anthony Beauvillier inspired me to shoot my own shot. <gasps> I saw that. I, I tweeted at Casey Musgrave, still at... I said hi at Casey Musgraves, just like what Beauvillier did. Uh, fingers crossed. Haven't heard back yet, but um, 
I understand that she's happily married, but if that becomes unhappy for any reason, I am available <laughs> and ready. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Uh, I, I wish you all the luck, Matt. I wish you all the luck in that endeavor. Absolutely. Right, maybe uh, I should hit you up with like the wingman that, that Bovili has been hit up with. Like I should comment the fact that you, you know, had a double bypass or, or performed a double bypass on me to save my life at an Isles game or something like that. That would be great. If you could get in on the action, give me all the positive vibes that you can. That'd be great. Appreciate it. All right. I'll hit that up. <laughs> uh, what else you got? So Robin Leonard tweeted something. Oh, boy. Uh, <clears throat> what does he say here? Let me bring it up here. Uh, he tweets out, Leonard is hungry. Got some lobsters? Question marks At New York Islanders. See you soon. And then it's a picture of like, I forget the name of the actor uh, from Venom. Just like eating a bunch of lobster right, right out of the, the thing. The tank? I don't get it. The lobster thing? Yeah, I don't get it. Why Why, well, is, why the lobsters? The Islanders and the dancing lobsters when they win games. <laughs> why? <What? laughs> oh yeah, you haven't God, realized that so after like every dumb. game, they tweeted out the Islanders, then the dan- they bring out the and dancing lobsters. I brought lobsters. that up what, a few weeks ago and like, Matt, I don't understand the, the, the dancing lobsters thing. Like oh it's from my the Amanda God. show. And yeah, yeah. That, that's exactly what it was about. Oh man, I'm such an idiot. <laughs> why didn't I th- why didn't I put that together? Why couldn't I figure that out? It's not necessarily very cryptic. He says lobsters and he's tweeting at us. I should have been able to be like, oh, duh, 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 duh. he's talking about the dancing lobsters. God, I'm dumb. <laughs> oh, today has not been my day. Oh, that's really funny. But I, I like the playful banter with Robin Leonard and at the Islanders. I think he was tweeting at Johnny Boychuk and uh, Anders Lee got in the action a little bit er- earlier, too. Uh, I love that stuff. I mean, we miss Robin Leonard here, and he's just a guy having fun. Like Josh was saying, he's just a guy having fun. Screw that guy. He can't have any fun. Not allowed to have fun. This league is only serious. It has to be professional <laughs> all the time. What is this? I can't do that at, at work. Tell people I'm going to own them in the next meeting. Can't do that. Nope. Absolutely not. I have a fun one from Brendan Burke. This is from the 19th. So if you remember against the Boston Bruins, Brendan Burke was on the call, but for NBCSN. So it was a national game for the Islanders, Mm -hmm. but they still got their regular announcer, which was pretty cool. So Brendan Burke tweets those damn NBCSN announcers with like a smirking face and it's a screenshot of a couple of tweets. So the first person says, my mom and I are watching the Islanders game, but it's on NBCSN and we're bitching about the generic announcers. Someone else comments underneath it and says, I know it's like watching a Mets game without Gary, Keith and Ron. Painful. Unbelievable. Uh, did you not realize that? The play-by-play guy is the same play-by-play announcer who does all the other games for MSG. Like, if they're talking about Pierre, sure. Pierre barely said a word. Oh, my God. Brendan Burke's back must be killing him because he carried that thing. He did carry the broadcast. Uh, that, that, I'm all for preferring your hometown announcers. I get it. That's what you're used to. It's the same person, though. Maybe there's so I'm 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 gonna play devil's advocate and try to give them the benefit of the doubt. Maybe they were streaming it because I know in a couple of streams that I came across, the national one and I'm using air quotes here was not the national one. It was the Boston guys. It was whatever his face and Johnny McJohnerson. I don't know what his name is, but like super Boston the, Homer. Someone yeah, I was listening Nesson. to it going like, "That's not Brendan." Obviously, I can tell the sound of his voice, but like these guys are hard in for Boston. Oh my goodness. Uh, so maybe that's what they're listening to. That's the only explanation. How do you not recognize Brendan's voice? It's pretty distinct. Yeah, no, it, it is. And uh, I don't know. I just thought that was funny because, well, Brendan tweeted it and he was the one announcing it. Yeah. And uh, like the, the questions he got most of the most of the night was like, how are you able to split from like your Isles Homer sense? Like, how does the butchie in your mind? How do you split the butch goring in your head? Yeah, you keep that away. Because you got to be hearing, like, that's a bad call all the time. Uh, yeah, that's great point. I don't, I don't know how he does it. Just super professional. What a professional. <laughs> Absolutely. Anything else in the social segment for you, Mitch? No, that's about it. I don't have to go and open up everyone else's Christmas gifts. <laughs> all right. So just a couple of plugs before we get on out of here. 
Uh, make sure to subscribe to the Patreon if you haven't already. You can get post-game shows. You get mailbag shows. We're going to record one right after this. Uh, five bucks a month, patreon.com slash eyes on aisles. You can follow along with us on social media at eyes on aisles FS on Twitter. My personal Twitter is at Matt O'Leary NY. Mitch's is at TLO Mitch. You could like our Facebook page, facebook.com slash eyes on aisles. You can also download our app, the Eyes on Isles app, available for iPhone or Android, or visit the website, eyesonisles.com, for all your New York Islanders needs. Mitch, I think, hold on. Yes, last podcast episode of 2019. What a run. Oh, it's been what a year, huh? I, I can't wait for 2020. 2019 was good, but bring on 2020. I'm ready. Bring on 2020. That'll do it for us for episode 123. I'm Matt O'Leary. He's Mitch Anderson. We'll talk to you next time. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.